This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello once again, Pats fans, Pats Nation, and all of the Foxborough faithful. This is your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens alongside Andy Jumbo Hart for the latest edition of Six Rings and Football Things brought to you by WEEI, WEEI.com, Odyssey, and 2400 Sports. Uh, it's our first real actual podcast in almost two weeks time as we've been sharing audio clips, snippets and segments for the last couple of weeks as we were filling in all across the WEIFM spectrum and programming lineup during the holidays. Of course, uh, some robust and zesty dialogue about potential coaching changes, offseason moves, the Patriots offense and of course, victories and the agony of defeat on Christmas Eve. But today. We strike a bit more human and somber tone with the podcast. Uh, we won't be previewing or beginning to ramp up to the Patriots-Buffalo game. Still scheduled to be played week 18, now 1 o'clock at Highmark Stadium in Buffalo, but rather discussing what may stand in the way of that game and what is currently and appropriately dominating the news cycle in sports uh, and everywhere, really, of course. We're speaking of... Uh, the collapse and health condition of Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, who went down in the first quarter of Monday Night Football in a game that was much anticipated, widely broadcast and consumed live and via digital transmission all over the world. And unfortunately, Andy, as many of us have probably, I won't say jested, but suggested in conversation with uh, coaching buddies, friends, work colleagues and beyond during some play or some intense game or during some trauma or injury at some point in our football reporting, consuming, discussing lives. I'm sure at some point we've all said like, Oh God, I hope I never see someone die on the field or, uh, you know, honestly, one day it's probably going to happen. And then what? And last night is the closest we've all come in our lives to seeing just that. And it was far more jarring, chilling, surreal, upsetting than I think any of us 
could have possibly predicted. I uh, I turned on the game. Uh, I want to say after I got home and said goodnight to the kids, by the time I got downstairs, grabbed a snack, popped a beer, I was like, right, that's ESPN. How come there's no noise? And I went back as I went into the kitchen. I come back into the TV room and I see ESPN's on and there's just a slow panning shot of the stadium and no one's moving and there's just a light din and it's really creepy, like horror movie creepy. And then Joe Buck starts speaking and then just, oh God, no, I think it happened. That poor guy. Oh, I, I like that's something I'll never be able to like unsee and unfeel again. Yeah, I was uh, I was watching the game live with my son and my wife, and um, you know you see the play, and you know we're sort of used. to You watch enough football, and there are certain things you're used to, and plays, and and whether even the 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 most hellacious things, whether they you know up until this point you're thinking head injury, concussion, mm -hmm. knocked out, even we've been through it enough over the years between spinal injuries or spinal cord injury fears and neck you know and and stabilization and backboards and acls like there's a certain list in your head almost when you see a guy get hurt and then you see this and this was nothing like anything you'd seen in terms of takes the hit gets up goes back down and then literally within seconds and minutes you see the you you can't really see hamlin but you see the reaction around him to the players and you realize this is different. I've never seen this before. The image I will never forget is Josh Allen's face. I thought Josh Allen's face told the whole story. I thought Josh Allen's face made it quite clear almost immediately. This game is over because the best player on the field is not going back to play a football game tonight based on his facial expression. He just saw a ghost, which literally he sort of did. I mean, you had a man who basically died on the field and they brought back to life. And thankfully... Right. We have the medical capabilities and equipment and people and plans in place that we didn't witness a man die on the football field permanently, but now we're left with his status. He had, obviously he had a cardiac arrest issue, CPR, AED, got him to the hospital. He's intubated. He is sedated. I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen. And by the time people hear this podcast, some things may have changed. But we only know that he's in critical condition right now, correct. like you said, sedated. So uh, which is normal when you're when you're intubated, you are sedated. Mm -hmm. They go hand in hand because if you wake up, you're going to try to rip that tube out. You're going to freak out. You're going to like it's going to be bad. And then secondary to that is, you know, the brain. You need to protect the brain right now. That's the most it's mm -hmm. funny, not funny, poor choice of words. But, you know, you think of a heart issue. The heart's not the issue right now. It's the mm -hmm. brain and damage no. and blood flow and temperature and those things. And I just, this is one of those moments that, you know, the whole nation was watching because they were either watching a massive Monday night football game between two of the best teams in football or immediately or shortly thereafter heard about it on Twitter. A friend texted them. Did you, and all of a sudden, the nation is mourning uh, a young football player and, and praying for a young football player. And it's as unique a situation as I can recall. It, it, I mean, it really is. I know there was some comparisons. I think 1971, there was a similar incident with a football player. I think it was the Lions. 
that had a had a cardiac issue and actually later later passed away. But you know, you you mention it. The the deaths on the football field were college football in like the twenties. Like you know what I mean? We're we're mm-hmm. we're a hundred years later. You you'd like to think we're past that, but this this brings you back to the reality of what a physical barbaric game it is. And we still don't know um, what exactly transpired. I know there's been a lot of speculation and I don't have the medical term, but you know, a blow to the heart at the perfect or imperfect time in the beating process um, can be fatal. And it's something that I've had to learn about a little bit and deal with in baseball and lacrosse. Lacrosse equipment has been altered because of it in recent years, because it's happened to, kids you know you're in front of the net somebody shoots it hits you in the chest and it is most common i believe between 10 and 15 year old males that's one of the interesting mm-hmm. or curious aspects of this more if that susceptible in- age levels uh where that kids could take a shot there and it would snap them out of rhythm and or pr- pr- provide a cardiac issue oh i mean it, it, it it's the perfect storm or we're, you know, the, right. The, the worst, the imperfect time. storm, the worst, the worst storm, if you will. Um, and so that's why there's some question as to that, because he is outside of the typical age range for that at 24 years old. And he's a big guy in the prime. And yeah, but that doesn't really matter with a heart issue. Like that's the thing. Like now there be, thus began, and this is the dangerous, difficult, but of course still relevant to conversation about what may happen herein, not related to football, but with this young man's health. And how exactly this happened. The speculation that began last night. Could this have been a Vax-related issue? Please, I couldn't have muted or scrolled past all of that faster. Maybe one day we'll learn. And there's a lot that we can all take from this. Was it like that comio mortis or uh, commodio mortis, whatever it was? I think the the perfect strike at the imperfect time. Um, Who knows if he had like some sort of pre-existing condition that was triggered, that was undiagnosed, that was triggered by... The blunt force trauma, but let's be honest, the hit by T. Higgins is something you see a hundred times a football game. It's oh, at least, yeah. And it, poor t- and you know, T. Higgins, thank God his mother was there to comfort him and his teammates could provide the support for him that he needed. Because I hope to God that that guy does not carry with him any weight of guilt or any burden from just sort of being out there and doing what everyone else is doing, which is which is playing, which is playing football. Um, it, something like this. Didn't have to, but like you said, by law of averages, could very well have been bound to happen at some point. And to those who shared via social media last night the information that I think you just kind of shared, that perhaps the best spot, there is no best spot for it, but the best spot to be is on a football field because of the amazing amount of trained personnel and surrounding equipment that was able to rush to his side. We didn't actually see all that happen, and I hope no one ever has to because watching somebody be administered CPR is such a traumatic event. It's not like it's portrayed in the movies or glorified on television, like it's a violent, brutal action. But those faces of the Buffalo Bills players, like I'll never be able to unsee, like you said, Josh Allen, like Joe Burrow, just in complete stunned silence, taking a knee around the circle of Bills that were providing a shield while, um, the resuscitation process was underway. James Cook in tears. Tredavious White just beside himself. Like the the empathy you feel for all of them, it takes you back to son, brother, friend, human first ab- above all else. Does football matter when they say like this doesn't matter? The game doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. At that moment, of course, it matters because it's a dream people have. Like Ryan Clark outlined last night so eloquently on ESPN. 
It's a major industry. It's what we love. It's what we talk about. But when, when you get down to the heat of this particular moment, we just put everything else aside and focus on the raw humanity that is get making sure that this, this guy, this person, this teammate, this human being is okay. And then after that, we'll find time to sort through it all. We're not here to tell you like, all right, well, Pat's bills might get rescheduled, but uh, boy, that game's going to be that much more. This is just parsing through the, the, the aftermath of life and something that we wished we never saw, but we did. And we, I guess we knew the risk came with watching and with uh, cheering and being a part of the sport. And I think we, we get these wake up calls every once in a while, these, you know, perspective forcing moments every once in a while, because I can mm -hmm. tell you football mattered more to DeMar Hamlin than anybody else, right? This is a, mm. this is my route out of the tough streets of Pittsburgh. And if you read some of the, the oh. features, this is him wanting to show his significantly younger brother, a positive, right? Like a, a way out, a positive, a, a mentor. And this was his Avenue. And so I, I don't want to minimize like people who are in the football world. It matters to them. Like that is their world. But from a, a a fan perspective, an onlooker's perspective, um, obviously this is one of those things that we get Bills, Bengals, the biggest game in the NFL, and who's going to be the number one seed, and who's going to this and that. Like we get too caught up in it, and fantasy playoffs, Burrow and Allen, and I'm going to beat my buddy. Like, and then you realize, yeah, it's important to you because it's important to them on the field too, but one of these incidents happens that really forces you uh, unwillingly, unwillingly forces you to take a step back. And, and I can tell you from, from my perspective, the biggest thing was sitting there with my son, who's a high school football player. I, like, I was going to even text you that last night or check in this morning before we recorded, just like, Holy smokes. Did your kids see it? I, I, I didn't even know if, if this morning I should say to my nine-year-old who only does flag football. So it doesn't have the same level as modified or of course, tackle football, which your kid is a rising star locally with the Hart family in, but like, you know, should I explain to him before a friend tells him at school? What do I tell him? Right. It's bound to, it's like, it just, it, it happens. Like what was the, what happened in your house? What did your son say? Uh, we were in shock. We, I'll be honest with you. We really haven't discussed it yet. Um, on a, I didn't think it was the appropriate time to really kind of dig deep and peel the layers back. We, we talked about it a little bit while watching it live. And then when they actually, um, postpone the game and the, he's like, I'm going to bed and, Got up, went to school. Um, we will have a discussion about it because he was shook. I was shook. I mean, everybody was shook. Like, it's mm -hmm. just the reality of the situation. And he actually, the one thing I found interesting, he said, you think anybody on either of these teams will never play again? Mm. So he was thinking about it. Like, he was thinking about this incident, people choosing this is no longer worth it. Um, it's a val it's a it's a valid question. Oh, I think some I think there's a good chance, if not ever again. I think there's a good chance there will be people on one of these two teams that just whenever they return to the field won't be able to, and their teams may um, help them cover it up. You know, a random guy may have a hamstring injury that sidelines him and we may never know. No, he's, he's dealing with some, some issues, some ramifications, some, some post stress disorder from this. That's going to happen. I'm sorry. If there's a, uh, you know, practice squad, you're talking about a hundred and plus players uh -huh. having to go like, 
it, it can't not have a significant effect on these people. And, and obviously I also think what happens with Hamlin could affect the way it's seen, like the information and what we find out, like you mentioned, could he have a pre-existing um, condition that was undiagnosed? Well, that right there will probably help some people. Cause they'll say, you know what? I don't have that. Or maybe I'll even go get checked. Or may, yeah, may, like something happens like that. You find out like, oh, so-and-so had a colon issue and they and right. everyone goes to get screened. And right. Lance Armstrong, even though he cheated in his sport, helped save lives because of right. the work he did with his testicular cancer. Uh, so there could uh, be I, some of that. And I think doing that may um, make some players feel better, right? Like, you know, I don't have that. It could provide a little comfort like, oh, like not, I won't say a moment of reassurance, Andy, because still something like you said, something like that could happen in lacrosse, could happen in soccer, hell, could happen. It it did. It's And just to share with the audience, in case any members of the audience are unfamiliar, twice in the last 25 years, there have been incidents in one is a professional sport, one is a spectator entertainment-based sport, but Chris Pronger in 1998, defenseman for the St. Louis Blues was hit in the chest with a puck and moments later went down and had a cardiac arrest and they were able to revive him and save him and he suffered no long-term effects. So that's one sort of North star or Northern point that we can look to in hopes of what may happen here with DeMar Hamlin. And the same happened with Jerry Lawler, the wrestler got hit in the chest in the ring. He was also doing commentary at the time was down at the table and passed out. I think they said around 20 minutes later, Luckily, they were able to cut away. They revived him, and he was no worse for the wear, ultimately, uh, on the long haul as well. So um, it's happened. It's not It's not unique in that capacity. It's unique in our spectator lives, though, I believe. Right. I don't think and- I've ever seen anything like that. I just heard somebody compare how innocuous, per se. Of course, it was a very hard hit because it's football, and, and this guy we've been talking about a, a ton, T. Higgins, he's a very large person, and he's very strong. Uh Someone just compared it on the radio in New York to the Dale Earnhardt tragedy where, Mm -hmm. you know, of all the car accidents that a legend like Dale Earnhardt Sr. was in, it seemed like one where he just banged into the wall shouldn't have been so bad, but actually ultimately it cost him his life. So you, you don't know. And it, and it's one of those things of the many we're now reexamining in the hug your loved ones, take no moment for granted. Like, I think this is a very, very overt bright cautionary tale as to just how fleeting things can be and ironically or appropriately uh depending on how you interpret it that was one of hamlin's um sort of uh philosophical approaches to life he told if you read some of the features when he leaves a conversation with someone he says i love you man because he went through losing i think he estimates more than half of his friends were dead before the age of 18 where he grew up and so he has an appreciation for life and for relationships and for people. And now the outpouring, you know, the $4 million that's been raised by the GoFundMe page for his charity that was originally intended to raise $2,500 for a toy drive, um, mm-hmm. the outpouring of prayers and, and just support um, across social media, across all aspects of life. But also, I mean, we're going to see like a a broader, bigger picture. You talk about people from these teams, maybe not playing. This is going to be just when it felt like maybe we'd turn the corner on concussions, CTE, head injuries, parents being, you know, scared of, of allowing their children to play or or at least certain parents. I think Uh, if those certain parents, Andy, I think we can both say without any sort of 
glibness that if those parents were on the fence. Well, I can I, tell you, I texted um, an athletic director who I'm friendly with, a high school mm -hmm. athletic director. And I said, you think this will hurt participation in high school football? And he said, I'm not sure, but as a parent, I'm reconsidering. And that's a high <sighs> school athletic director um, who oversees football programs. <laughs> so this is going to set back, in my opinion, um, participation in football. And I'm not commenting on whether that's a good or a bad thing. I, I leave mm -hmm. that up to individual parents and families and student athletes and, and all of that. But as I said, I felt like we had kind of turned a corner out of the depths of CTE and head injuries. And I know we've had two of this year and it's not, it's still very imperfect, but I felt like we had a handle on sort of a mature, appropriate. Um, These approach. are the risks that yes. like, like we were, it was like we had all agreed from spectator to news media event event production and of course and ultimately most importantly the players themselves these are the risks yep this is how it can go here could be the success here could be the unfortunate fallout and we all had either signed that emotional or proverbial disclaimer like when you right. go into go skydiving or etc like these are the risks that come in hand part and parcel with nfl foot with nfl football but still somehow because this hadn't happened in our in our lifetime, we still didn't think it was going to happen. Right, and it's a it's a WTF moment. Like it's like okay, we're we're comfortable with head injuries. Nelson Aguilar can see his teammate and say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop the goddamn play! I got to get my teammate off the like." Right, we've right. we've gotten that, and he aware. still hasn't been back in a game since. That's right. how that's how traumatic that head trauma was for him. But now, when I see my middle linebacker take a you know fullback helmet to the chest, like, am I pausing? Am I like am I giving it that extra pause to see? Is he breathing? Is like this is just in um just think about Andy, like to that you're not point. Prepared for about, it. No, we're not. Just think about how difficult it may be now. Are people gonna like pull up when they make a tackle? Are uh, are we gonna see a modified game? Are we gonna see people afraid to hit and or get hit? That's the you thing. Can't. You can't. If you so, do that, you can't play. And you, yeah, you can't play. play, or you could get injured in the process, right. like you could. So I don't think it'll be that dramatic. I think the people that choose to play football at a young age, to step on a field, to go down that path, to return to the field, I think they will do so just in the way that players do now and compartmentalize and go back to whatever that mindset or mental space is. I don't know if it'll be everyone. I don't know if it'll, you know, like, but this is the reality of football. I, I've often said it. We try to package it and make it safe and fun and this and that. Oh, it's from back when they used to do jacked form. up now all the way to come on man and everything else. It's, it's barbaric. It's violent and we love it and they love it. And they, I mean, they, the players, they love it. They love to hit another human being. Like that's just, it's part. They of wear, they wear the limps and the bruises and the yes. nodules and the scars and the broken bones as badges of honor oftentimes. And if, uh, you know, and we appreciate that. I think there's even a more pronounced appreciation for the physical sacrifice and the trauma and the pain a lot of these guys endure in providing us this entertainment and this sport. But the 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 focus is still on DeMar Hamlin's health, and it's in the balance right now, still in critical condition. We won't have an update by end of podcast or maybe even not by the time you listen to this. The one thing I do know is that the NFL announced, I want to say maybe about an hour, hour and a half ago, that the Bills-Bengals game will not be resumed this week. It's not going to take place 
like a couple of years ago when the Ravens and Steelers had to play a COVID delayed game on a Wednesday night and then still play games next Sunday. So you're not going to see Wednesday night football followed by everybody playing, let's say next Monday or something like that. And then they would move the national championship or next Tuesday or something weird right now. I don't even know how this may affect week 18. And if, if that's going to go off as planned, because a lot of teams canceled their media availabilities today. We know the new England Patriots did because they didn't feel it was appropriate to be commenting on further football matters, especially when your team is scheduled to play one of the teams in quite the team in question that suffered this tragic uh, injury last night. Uh, and then just, I mean, the there are so many different ways that this could ultimately affect the game, the way the game is played, the consumption of the game, uh, the safety of the game. I mean, we could be we could sit here for hours just sort of like speculating what the fallout, if you will, will be from Hamlin's injury. Yeah, and 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 I don't even know if people, you know. Fantasy football, for example, is something that is absolutely meaningless, but it's also meaningful to people. It's part of the industry. It's and technically a multi-million dollar industry. Right. And we need to remember, like, this is the thing I liken it to is we've all been through tragedy in our lives. You lose a loved one, whatever your age is, what you know, and you take some time to mourn in whatever your way to mourn is. But you have to get back to life, right? Whether that's mm -hmm. A week later, two weeks later, a month later, you have a job, you have kids, you have responsibilities. Like, it's just, it's the reality. Like, life goes on as a phrase for a reason, and you, you have to do that. And life will go on and has to go on for the National Football League and for the Bills and for these teammates and, and all of that. The problem is when it's one person, when I lose a loved one and I need two weeks, okay, take your two weeks, somebody mm -hmm. fills in, whatever. And then when you're ready, you return. But this is organizations and teams and just sort of the splintering of the way it touches every... It'd be great if you could say, you know what, Bengals and Bills, we'll see you next year. We'll see... Well, no, that's not realistic. Like, they yeah, don't want that, first of all. They're right. two of the best teams in football who, prior to this, were on a course to compete for a Super Bowl, to go to... A, like, the greatest, the grandest... Think of the Bills how passionate that fan base and that organization and the, is, and they've never tasted success. They have four Super Bowl loss, like the most support, like arguably the most rabid, supportive, uh, eclectic and outrageous fan base in the yeah. NFL. You know, it was mentioned last night, like remember years ago when uh, Andy Dalton threw the touchdown pass to beat the Ravens and it bumped the bills into the playoffs and the, then the number six wildcard spot next morning. Andy Dalton's foundation had like half a million dollars in donations from Bills fans. Right. Like they're crazy. They love football so much. They want this more than anything, except they did. Now they want it second most. First, they want to know their guy is okay. And to, and to like put the clamps on that passion and that dream and to just delay it, to, to back burner it or just table it all together is entirely necessary and the appropriate and the appropriate thing to do. But even the Bengals. Like the, the Bengals, it was not a member of their team who fell to the turf last night at Paycor Stadium, but they haven't won a they haven't won a Super right. Bowl either. Like these are two of the four or five best teams in football. That's why you're saying earlier, this matchup was huge. Like everybody was watching that. It was on ABC and ESPN last night. Like ABC said, whatever Bachelor special we're gonna run, we'll bump that for this game. Like 
it was everywhere, which of course now opens that many more eyes to the violent nature of football. And you'll probably have so I just I just hope, I really hope that cooler heads or at least more logical heads can prevail. And that's difficult to say with the 24 hour news cycle, Andy hot takes everywhere and social media that there will not be excessive hand wringing finger pointing and shaming in the coming days and weeks. There will be, I mean, there already has been on Twitter. It's what people do. Um, the thing I like, I've already thought about this. Like, can you imagine I, we joke about it, but I try to be optimistic at times and mm. like, I know it's tough yeah. to believe, but can you imagine if we get to the playoffs and the bills are in the playoffs and DeMar Hamlin comes out of this and is on a sideline, is in a stadium, is in a, like the emotion, the, the pure, like, well, how many, how many billion people are on the planet? Cause they'd all be bills fans. <laughs> they'd all be rooting for the bills, whatever the I, number is now, 9 billion people or whatever the hell it is. I uh, I'd be lying, Andy. I'd be lying since, you know, we're, this is just this, this edition of the six rings and football things podcast is just an open-ended and honest conversation about what happened and how it may affect our lives, his life, these teams, the industry, the games, the season, the postseason, the Super Bowl, all of it. Um, with 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 all intended sensitivities, I I'd be lying if I said I didn't think like, well, if the Patriots don't play much more football, if they do, if and when they do resume, I I'd be sort of pulling for the Bills. Or right. if like I didn't think like you would you like the thought did cross my mind once like would you want to play the Bills with the like it, and or also like oh but what if this affects them and like derails that dream no one's gonna you know shake an angry fist towards this guy and say like oh if it wasn't for that tragic incident on the first monday of 2023 like we were headed to the super bowl uh, who knows how it's gonna if the bills will be extra motivated if their hearts will be too heavy if they'll be shaken if they can't even play the season i don't know yeah like, I that's don't... the thing we we just we just don't know it's okay to it's okay to mention it because this is honest and real but i don't know how i don't know how this is going to go i all i know is i just feel so badly for that family for this young man and for the team like like shit happens in this life that you see and you're just like i'll never unsee that right i'm and, like that'll stay with me and the you know the fact that his his mother was there his family was there and then they're waiting for the ambulance and she's riding with it just you know you go from the highs of highs you're on the sideline at the biggest NFL game for your son. Like he's starting, he's coming into his own, the career playing in place dream. of one of their better players becoming yeah. like a, a record, a six a round draft pick out of pit. Like he's becoming like a guy. Like, oh, he's yeah, not no, just like a, I think he's like third on their team in tackles. Like his, I think he's his leading dream. the team. He had 75 tackles before last night's game. His dreams are coming to fruition right before his eyes, your eyes, the world's eyes. And then boom, like this just changes in a heartbeat. And I mean, it's definitely a parent's worst nightmare. Like uh, mm -hmm. there's no, there's no getting around that, but um, it's just, it's just almost unbelievable. Like when you really think about it, as you mentioned it earlier, I've been covering this league for 20 something years. I played high school football, college, like how many, I don't even know what the number is. Hundreds of thousands, millions of plays have I seen been a part of mm -hmm. and that, that wouldn't have ranked in the top like scariest. If you just said like, which one of these plays are you most concerned about the participants? It wouldn't have ranked in the top. I don't know, 
20%, 50%. Like it was just, it just looked like a bit. It looked like a, how many times have we seen people get hit? I'll tell you, for example, in recent day, uh, like the play that wasn't called targeting at the end of the TCU Michigan game. I thought there was a chance that guy wasn't going to get off the turf because he took a helmet strike to the spinal column in a prone position. There was a, uh, while I was on the radio with Kyrie Thompson, there was the end of the two lane USC game. And there was a violent collision between safety and wide receiver at the five yard line that ultimately wasn't ruled targeting, but left one of the left one player banging his foot into the ground and left the other one temporarily unconscious. And I thought, please don't let today be the day that I literally, I said this out loud in studio to Kyrie, like, Oh God, please don't let this be the day. I finally see somebody die on a football. Field. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like some, you know, you don't know. Right. And then it turns out to be like a far less scary, or if you will, like traumatic hit that induces the ultimate trauma. Right. Uh, yeah. And that is unfortunately the reality of football that makes it different. You know, it's, it's, I know there are other contact sports, but football is at a certain level. You know, I, I'll, I'll tell you within my household, we had a little bit of a uh, disagreement parenting wise where my wife had an event to get that she wanted me to attend for her with her. Um, the same night, my son had a football game and I said, no, I said, one of us has to be at the game because football's different. You never know what play is a parent is needed. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. Hamlin's parents were needed. And it's, it's a blessing that they were there. And I, I hope they have the opportunity to experience, create, and share many, many, many more memories beyond the one from last night. Um, you know, it. I was thinking earlier this morning, too, um, just like if you think somebody had pointed this out on socials somewhere to a degree, I was thinking about it even earlier, like, that stadium has bore witness to several of, if not like almost a top five list of the scariest plays this century. Like there was the Antonio Brown hit from Vontez perfect. That's unfortunately where Ryan Shazier was temporarily paralyzed. When Tua was concussed earlier this season, and went into the fencing position. It happened there. And now this like to talk about just like, I mean, little, even little things like that could get stuck in like a corner of your mind and just be like, it's this place cursed. Right. Co yeah. Coach. I really don't want to play there. Like, like bad things happen. Like it's just, it's why it's wild. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's just tough to digest. Cause honestly, we're recording this, what, 20 hours from yeah. the incident. And it's, mm. it's one of those things where you just, you know, you hope in this, uh, this instant access world, you hope you get one of those tweets that says, you know, Hamlin mm -hmm. conscious speaking with his parent, like those types of things. You're waiting for that. Um, and, you know, whether it comes now or in a week, you just hope it comes at some point. Uh, but it's, uh, as I said, this is an unfortunate uh, slap in the face of reality and sort of um, perspective, perspective altering moment for, uh, I think, a lot of people with. And as we said, a lot of ramifications like I know people wanted to get all indignant last night. And I know um, Skip Bayless was the oh, um, please was Escape the one, if you will. Yeah. And I, I personally and whatever, come after me if you like the timing was bad. The, mm -hmm. the timing too soon. We say too soon. Yeah. But 
I didn't see anything wrong with what he was questioning. Like this, it's some of the conversations that were being had. I can tell you my fan, like my wife's like, well, what are they going to do about the games and how is this going to work? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I've no, I really have no idea, but it, it, it doesn't make you an insensitive jerk. It doesn't make no. you like a, a heartless prick to just no. ask like, Hey, so just, if you think about it, there's 70,000 people there. All they all spent money on tickets and travel and parking. Yeah. You've got teams with equipment. You've got bets. You've got like, okay, a yeah, fantasy football, whatever, but like, there's tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars riding on just this one game and then how it may affect this product in this country. And like you said earlier, life mo life moves on. The NFL will have to move on, whether it's tinkered with, if it's delayed, if it's altered in some capacity. There are so many people that rely on the NFL to, you know, heat heat the hot, put make hot water and bring food home, pay the bills. Right. Like it's it's part of our industry it's part of our way of life yeah and the thing that i likened it to in my head the first thing i thought of is when you're in traffic and there's a bad accident and traffic's hellacious mm -hmm. just because you're wondering how long it's going to take you to get through the traffic and when you're going to get to that meeting you need to get to or when you're going to get to that appointment you need to get to doesn't mean you're a terrible human being that doesn't feel for the person that may be med flighted out of the car accident, may have lost their life. And you know what I mean? Like mm -mm. you can be two different things. Like there is a reality you need to accept while also being empathetic and, and uh, you know, aware of the circumstances. So um, I just there was there was a little too much of that last night on Twitter for my liking. Now, I will say I do not believe for a second that the NFL did not consider playing that game and that whole five minute warm up. Come There's on no now. way that Joe Buck went on the air and said that without. Hey guys, I'm going to go rogue and say right. uh, they're playing in five minutes. Like, no, the league didn't understand the gravity of the situation, Absolutely. nor it's emotional and psychological impact on the participants in the game. And they got way, way. I mean, they can be heartless at times and I'm the last person in the world to trust Troy Vincent. Yeah. I'm a Pats fan. I get it. They got way out over their skis. Well, and, and I don't, I actually don't even blame them as individuals or entities. That's football. Yeah. Football is the game goes on. Football is if you come off with a broken leg, you go on and take his spot and we keep playing, right? You know, the, the worst example, which I will never forgive, mm -hmm. is the Brian Kelly at Notre Dame when the camera lift fell and a student recording died. He moved the drill while a student was dead on the field. That was part of his football program but the sad reality is the game goes on that like that's football and and you can say that's i guess toxic football mentality sort of like toxic ma uh, masculinity but that is that is embedded in the culture for forever it's part of the issue we started with cte talking about that like no you don't tap out you don't say coach i have a headache you don't say coach my head hurts you go back in because that's like that's where football they have to be protected been. from themselves, right? Absolutely. More often and than so that's to me, that's what that was like. No, we play like we we go on. That's you, you, you cart the person off the field and we keep playing. I think their eyes were opened and it is a different time. I also think that's part of it. This is a different generation of fans, generation of uh, athletes and players. And I, mm -hmm. I think it's a good thing. But if you're going to pretend to care about mental health and those types of things, you sure as hell are not playing that football game after those people saw what they saw in that football field for their teammate, their friend, their fraternal brother on the other side of the ball. So, but I do firmly believe that there probably was someone that said, no, we'll give them five minutes to warm up and then we'll get back out there. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and strangely enough, Andy, 
as as eerie as I mentioned earlier as it was when I turned on the TV, I was like, how come football sounds aren't coming out of the picture box? And then you just look and there's that wide shot of the stadium and then no one's talking like, oh, God, please. No, no, no. Like first I thought, was there did something explode? Was there some sort of alternate incident? And then you hear Joe Buck's extremely somber tone and they cut back to the studio with Booger and Susie Culver and Schefter. And it's like, oh, if somebody isn't already dead, something happened, something like the ultimate. The, the worst case scenario has has played has played out and uh no one can guarantee if if and when football when football restarts and at what capacity whenever it happens like this would never happen again either like who who knows no it's, it's just like, like now now it's officially in now that card in the giant casino deck of things that happen or could happen uh in football that card has now been inserted in the deck there's only one of the million cards if you will but that card has been inserted in the deck um i don't know if there's anything else you want to add us uh, uh related to that incident or the only thing i would um add is that um i give Susie colber adam schefter booger mcfarland joe buck troy aikman lisa salters i give them credit um and ryan clark and svp too well them afterwards but in the immediacy they were put on our television to fill and dance with no information, nothing to go on other than basically what they had seen and what we were seeing. And I thought they were put in a horrific spot. I don't know if mm -hmm. they did a great job, a good job, but they did the job that they had mm -hmm. to do. And I started thinking, what else can you do? You sure as hell can't go to Chris Berman's fastest three minutes and show highlights or... or Are you going like, to throw to some ESPN classic programming? Right. You, you can't like, do that. Pete Maravich highlights, everyone. Right. But you can't just leave. I mean, first of all, the game wasn't even officially postponed at that point. Mm -hmm. So I give them credit for a really tough situation, um, trying their best to make you know the best of it. And Booger McFarlane, I thought, was really emotional and genuine. Um, and and I just so I give them credit for you know making some lemonade out of a pretty crappy situation. And credit to everybody from the football players like. Lawrence Guy, Brian Hoyer, Miles Bryant, Andy Dalton, who all donated to DeMar Hamlin's charity that provides toys and assistance to children without proper homes and family, uh, family support. Uh, it's over $4 million now. We can't ultimately provide the news, the brightest light everybody wants, but I'm all for trying to find the little positives and divining lights uh, along the way in, in dark moments like this um as far as the six rings and football things podcast goes going forward whenever we have an update as to scheduling for week 18 um the next game between the patriots and the bills which we had a whole week of action-packed uh, podcasts and information analysis entertainment and more planned for you we'll get to that at the appropriate time of course make sure you follow all the outlets, the news, sports, entertainment outlets you need. Of course, uh, we'll be here at Fitzy GFY, at Jumbo Heart, and at Six Rings Pod. Whenever we can relay um, and uh, share some more information about the game, the teams, and, of course, this young man's life. But, uh, yeah, all I can say is good talk, Coach. And I'm sorry we had to have it, but we did. And here we are. And um, I hope we never have to have a talk like this again, uh, nor anyone have to watch something like that again. But um, it is what it is. Indeed. And uh, I'm not big on the thoughts and prayers. I think that's mm -hmm. thrown around a little bit too often. Thoughts and prayers. For sure. Prayers up indeed. All the best to DeMar Hamlin 
his family, and the Buffalo Bills organization. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we will talk to you soon. Uh, take care of yourselves. Uh, try to do something good. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, make every moment count. This has been Six Rings and Football Things, a presentation of WEEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. Take care, everyone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.